ready when you are. All righty. Just before we get going, I will say, can I request a bit of a shorter upload this week? Of Not hour and a half or whatever. Do what you need to do. You you just kick us off or, you know, go, hey, listen, I've had a laugh. We're out. <laughs> Depends on the topics we get into, I think. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I know. I know. Mm. We'll try and keep You know what through. I'm talking about. I think, yeah, I do. <laughs> Well, look, no Mason Greenwood. Um, no, no, it's Mason Greenwood and Jason, I, I guess. <laughs> oh, which one? Anthony. Oh, no, fuck him. Don't worry about it. Yeah, fuck him. And Jaden Sancho. <laughs> no, fuck him too. Manchester United in 2023. And the Glazers. Yep. Well, it starts at the top. And the share price going down. Yep. And it being taken off the market. Mm-hmm. Should we get into it now? <laughs> oh, let's not. <laughs> <laughs> this is the gold that we're missing out on. Oh, uh, I mean, it's being recorded. It is being recorded, but hey, we haven't done the formal introduction to this episode, and I don't know uh, if we, you know, I'm happy to talk well, about the Glazers. I mean, Gary Neville wants to go on about the Glazers. Oh, <laughs> oh fuck. <laughs> I'm this tired, is, Robbie. I'm tired, Robbie. It's it's three weeks into the season. It feels like eight a, months. There was a sketch from Connor, <laughs> you know, Connor, that Irish guy. Yep. And he's like, Doing a uh, thing, oh, you know, um, pretending to be interviewing Gary Neville. And Gary Neville has, uh, you know, equated the, uh, well, basically inferred that it's the Glazers' fault that the VAR gave the, the goals offside and <laughs> the penalty was disallowed and all that kind of stuff. <laughs> it's hilarious. Uh, I, yeah, it sounds funny. It sounds it's, funny. Yeah. But anyway. Because, uh, yes, if you don't laugh, you'll cry. Well, for me, anyway. <laughs> That's all right. I cried with Brighton and uh, yeah, that Real came uh, up. But, but the mm, Dutchies, you know, 15 minutes of madness there, and that was it. Although, look, hey, the Greeks played well, but, um, you know, they, uh, they just didn't, couldn't defend, and the Dutch were yeah. clinical, and that's really what it came yeah. down to. But anyway, okay, let's get cracking. Even Wout Wiggle scored. I know. What the fuck? That's Seriously. An, that's an indictment on your team. <laughs> Shit, like, that's the, that's the thing that pisses me off. <laughs> I said Nathan's going to say Veghorst scored. Like, fuck, seriously, yeah, no. <laughs> oh, shall we get into it? All right, let's get into it. Welcome back, everyone, to this week's edition of The Backpack. This is episode 26, and if you missed it, do go back and check out our interview that came out just a little bit earlier. We sat down with head coach of Harbour Tel Aviv, soccer number 497, and Adelaide United Premiership winner Michael Valkanis. Do indeed go check it out. It was a great interview, if we do say so ourselves, and yes. uh, it should be uh, really good for your ears. It was an that absolute, yeah, sorry, Nathan. It was an absolute blast to have Michael on. The South Melbourne legend as well, Australian football legend, you know. Um, and quite an accomplished coaching career so far. And long may it continue because it's really good to see him do so well and get the kind of roles that he's had. And, you know, similar school to One Edge Post Cogler as well, who we referred to uh, during our discussion, even allowing for the technical difficulties that we had at times. <laughs> We're quite trying to keep those under wraps, though. Shh. Okay, sorry, sorry, <laughs> sorry. But hi to everyone. And I uh, hope you enjoyed last week's episodes and... Or episode, rather. This is the up late. And Nathan, you know, we won't pull back the curtain too much, but it was referred to during the chat that we had with Michael that uh, your Dutch side turned over the Greek side 3-0. It was a entertaining game of football, though, and the scoreline did uh, reflect the efficiency of the Dutch, shall we say. 
Oh, I think I reflected more than that, Laz. I think the Dutch were well worth the three points. Yes, yeah. the Greeks had their moments. Yeah. That. But, I mean, in any game, if you're allowing White Wiggles to get on the score sheet, then oh, you don't deserve anything out of it, do you? Of course. No, that's <laughs> right. I mean, you can't even score for Manchester United but anyway. <laughs> well, you can't anymore. <laughs> no, that's true. That's true. But, uh, no, look, defensive lapses and, and uh, look, that was the game I feared, actually, from that qualifying uh, group. But, um France uh, beating Ireland 2 0 with a couple, of, you know, with a really good goal actually as well from the French. Shot from long range from um, a son of a, I think it was uh, Thuram actually, Thuram's son. Oh, great. Yeah. So, but um, international football, what have you made of it so far? I'll be honest with you. Mm-hmm. Coming home from work, I watched the mini match after dinner before mm-hmm. coming on here. Mm-hmm. And that's all the international football I've seen uh, to date. Mm-hmm. I'm looking forward to the Socceroos against Mexico. 12 o'clock midday on Sunday, I believe. Yes, that'll be a lot of fun. And a great time. Great time indeed. And uh, yes, it's a friendly, but I think oh. also, how many times do we really get to play in North America? Not only that, playing at AT&T Stadium, do you mind? Mm. In front of a huge crowd. AT&T Stadium or the Azteca, what would you rather? No, AT&T. Would you? Mm. There's got to be something special playing at the Azteca, but... Yeah, sure, but... Well, we did have an Australian play at the Azteca overnight or earlier today. We did. Mm. One chids. Yes. Seeing so the ground running. Yes. Straight in there. Tigris uh, with a win. Start off their league campaign, I believe. So really good to see. I think they uh, beat Club America 2-0. So, Fantastic. Mm. But yes, Les, I mentioned soccer is playing in North America. Mm-hmm. How many times do we get to play there, particularly with the World Cup coming up in a few yeah. years' time? Yeah, it's a good opportunity. I hope there's some uh, roots being planted. I hope it's a good sojourn over yeah. there. No, that's right. I hope it's a good fact-finding mission for the um, for the Socceroos, actually. Look, playing in the AT&T Stadium, there's not even a guarantee that the Socceroos, if they make the World Cup, are playing anywhere near that Correct. part of the world. Could be playing in Vancouver and yeah. Toronto, for all we know. And anything that goes into this weekend, it will be pretty much a moot point. But any chance to play... Aside with the support and the passion and the quality as well of mm. Mexico is a, a great opportunity. Yep, totally agree with you. Totally agree with you. Whilst uh, I believe the US, uh, and it would have been good to actually play the US as well during this time. Yeah, why is it only one game? Do we know? No, no, we don't. But um, I know the US, I believe, are playing Oman and Uzbekistan. So, yeah, maybe an opportunity lost there for the Socceroos, but that's okay. We've got Mexico and then we've got England in the next uh, international break as well. Yes. At Wembley. So that will be an interesting atmosphere. Mm, very much how, so. How hostile is it going to be? I think the AT&T will be more hostile than Wembley. I think so too. <laughs> <laughs> you but, just know there's going to be some Ashes talk yeah, when you build yeah, up to the game against England. It's yeah. coming. <laughs> yeah. No, very true. Very true. England but, are uh, probably going to claim another moral victory. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> they always do. But the Oli Roos mm. uh, kicked off there qualifying campaign as well with a seven win yes with a route yes uh with a uh, seven goal win i believe um against laos or seven one or seven nil don't have it right here in front of me at the moment but when you're scoring seven goals you may as well win yeah absolutely mm. and yeah it's all building up for the next tournament and good to see the next generation of Socceroos, as michael was referring to uh really come through and hopefully there's a a real Proper youngsters that can transition into proper senior football because yes, it's great watching the age teams play. It's great seeing some of the performances and going, wow, this player could be a real star one yeah, day. Yeah. But at the end of the day, it is still potential, and potential often goes unrealized. So hopefully, yeah. everyone um, continues on the path that they're on at the moment because yeah. there's a real 
good crop of players coming through. No, it'd be good to see the Oliver qualify for the Olympics. It's been a while since it's happened. So, well, I mean, it did happen with Tokyo, I should say, but it was a while. <laughs> it literally it happened while in the last that. opportunity. Yeah, yeah. No, but it was a while before that, though. It was a while before that. Yeah. So, no, to Michael's point, that's, you know, it'd be good to be to get a consecutive uh, qualification here. Yeah, and it's so difficult. So difficult with only, what, three spaces mm. for Asian teams? Yeah, yeah. And particularly with age groups, countries like Vietnam. Yeah. Typically a, a fantastic at, at age level because they're so technically gifted. Mm. And it's a really tough ask to qualify for an Olympic. So it's actually qualifying for the Olympics is probably the hardest tournament an Australian team has to qualify for. Yeah, that's fair to say. That's fair to say. It's harder than qualifying for a World Cup now, that's for sure. Mm. Don't be salty about that now, okay? Yes, we know they've expanded <laughs> to 48 teams, but hey, you know, it's okay. It's all right. Yeah. You know, we've got what we want, groups of four. That's okay. Yes, Uh my gripe, of course, is that the qualifying games are going to be pretty uneventful. Or yeah, the only time it's interesting is if it's a disaster. Hey, there's a way. There's a way to shake it up, and that's just have cross cross confederation qualifying. <laughs> wow, sorry, that'll be something. Yeah, it would be, but hey, you know, there's a method to the madness. But I think we don't want to get into that too. You know, we don't want to get into that right now. Perhaps at a later date. Mm, we can put that one on the back burner. Yeah, indeed. indeed. We'll just leave that hanging there. But Nathan, what caught your eye during the week, my friend? Aside from Manchester United's woes. Oh, yeah. That's everything that's caught my eye, both of them. Just <laughs> negative story after negative story. There's a bit of a, what do they call it, a dog pile? Yeah. Let's only talk about one, though, the Glazers, and how they're to be blamed for everything. Well, there's a laundry list to pick from. <laughs> no, let's, no, let's not go down the really <laughs> distasteful stuff. I'd rather not. Like, you know, let's keep it light. It's a fr- You know, we're recording on a Friday night. It's late. It's been a big week. You know, a bit of football to watch overnight now with the international football. I know that you want it to be over straight away, but, you know, <laughs> I don't if mind. If I could do an impression of Harry Redknapp properly, I'll be saying the <laughs> line where he says, I just can't wait for the Premier League to come back. <laughs> well, do, do you really want the Premier League to come back? Oh, that's a fair point. <laughs> <laughs> if I were you, I'd take international football right now. <laughs> hey, at least one of my teams is winning during the international break. Well, that's true, right? So anyway. But, yes, uh, the Glazers. The Glazers. And uh, I believe Manchester United has been taken off the market now. It's amazing. This entire process, this rigmarole and dangling the little carrot in front of every single Manchester United supporter <laughs> that the club might eventually get sold. And look, moral dilemmas that come with that aside, being a potential sports washing club with Qatar, to now take the club off the markets and they decide, oh, we might just keep it after all. <laughs> what he's doing? It's just a massive waste of time. I was going to say I feel for you, but I don't. Yeah, I wouldn't expect you to. Because <laughs> it's Manchester United. <laughs> but now, look, um, there are similarities, or I get a feeling that it is similar to what Mike Ashley used to do with Newcastle United. I'm going to sell. I'm going to sell. No, I'm not. I'm going to sell. No, I'm not. Mm. And he sold about 10 years too late. But never, never mind. Never mind. Hey, and he shouldn't have sold. The price he got is a joke, really. Looking back on it, three hundred million for <laughs> Newcastle United. I think he was happy to get rid of it. To be honest, he should have held out for more because mm. they would have paid more. Surely, mm, not sure about that. Let's wait and see. But it, anyway. well, no, we don't have to wait and see. It's happened. Mm. Let's wait and see what happens with Manchester United. Well, it looks like there's nothing to see because the Glazers won seven to ten billion for a club in complete disarray and has been a clown show for a decade. And they're not going to get it, and it doesn't make sense. So I think no. you're right. I think you're stuck with them, which is crazy because. The club is near broke, and 
Yeah, I can point to on deadline day when they're trying to bring in Sofia Amrabat, who was a star at the World Cup. Mm. You offer them a loan deal where you pay one million pounds up front and one million pounds later on as a, as an option with a break clause in January. Come on, what are you doing? Yeah, I wouldn't have blamed Fiorentina. They just said no. Nah, yeah, piss off. Yeah, shove it. And look, eventually it got done because he wanted to and go. He wanted to go. He, wanted, he, he was desperate to go. Yeah, he. he and it, it only got done because Marco Correa got cup tied in the Carabao. Yeah, that's right. So he couldn't play in the Carabao for Manchester United. So they went to Sergi Region, who was a free loan, and then that money from Correa went to the loan deal for Amrabat. This, this is Manchester United we're talking about. This is a side who has to dig down in the back of the couch to find some loose change to bring in a player on loan. When you're saying this is Manchester United we're talking about, you just sound like Gary Neville. All right, well, that's it. <laughs> no, no more Manchester United talk for the rest of this episode. That's it. Dub, dub. Yeah, you're doing me a favour when you do that. <laughs> this is Manchester United. <laughs> okay. <laughs> oh, dear. Yeah, and we're that's not going it. That's anywhere the first time. That's the first time I've done a Gary Neville impression. It didn't sound too bad, actually. <laughs> from my say so myself. Uh, yes. We're not going into the Anthony story. No, 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 no. no we're no. not mentioning. I, I don't want to talk about anything distasteful. It's uh, rather not. No. Honestly, had enough of the other fella. Yes. One. I'm not positive. talking about Harry Maguire again this week. No, okay? no, 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 no. That's no, it. Don't no, worry no, about no. it. Fuck. Seriously, like last week was enough. <laughs> honestly. I, and I paid for it with having Harry Maguire and Johnny Evans on the pitch at the end of the at the end of the Arsenal game. And well deserved. Yeah, probably. <laughs> <laughs> I saw someone put it. Why is Manchester United using Leicester City's 2018 backline? <laughs> We're just trying. Sorry, to I didn't get a chance one. to hit the mute button because I wanted to laugh, but it's a laugh cough. <laughs> um. But yes, anyway, what I was referring to is a little rumor that's popping up in the last 24 hours or so that uh, bad news that Mary Earp seems to be on her way to Arsenal. Yes, but. And in a place might be one uh, Mackenzie Minister Arnold. of Defence. Mm. Mackenzie mm. Arnold. That'll be interesting. That'll be interesting. I saw something kick around about uh, Cooney Cross as well, potentially. Why, why would you leave London for Manchester? Why would you go to Manchester United? No, but yeah, but why would you leave London for Manchester? It doesn't matter if it was City or United, but in particular United. But anyway, let's mm. go. <laughs> well, the state of the women's team, yes. Let's not go. Uh, the women's team move on, do move better. on, move on. The women's team might do better than the men's team, but anyway. Uh, they probably beat the men's team at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> Champions League draw. Oh, we missed this, yes. We did miss this. and This, this feels like a month ago, this news. I know, but group of death, Newcastle United. <laughs> Mm-hmm. But what a group. amazing! What a amazing! Group. I'd ra- I what wouldn't you... rather. I wouldn't rather it any other way, though. To be honest, it's a hell of I a. I mean, group. yeah. First time back in the Champions League, you want to play Champions League teams, don't you? Absolutely. This is a top group. PSG. Who's in the group, lads? So we've got PSG, Borussia Dortmund, AC Milan, and the Toon. Incredible. I mean, you say it's a group of death. Any group with Newcastle and PSG in it is already the group of death, isn't it? <laughs> I shouldn't laugh, you bastard. That's just terrible. No, sorry. That is just so, again, distasteful. We'll move on. No, no, no. You've just turned. Sorry. I'm not having that. No, that's just bad. That's just bad, bad, bad. Oh, you were just waiting for that, were you? You've been working on that I one. I was. Week. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I was. Oh, dear. But look, you can, it is a great group on paper and so many good matchups. You compare it to the group that Manchester City got. Mm. And if you take them out, it could be a Europa League group. Yes, correct. You correct. want big teams. You want big European knights. 
Right. Yeah, Newcastle yeah. going to the San Siro is going to be incredible. I think that I think it's a, I think it's the best group across the Champions League. To be fair, it's probably the best Champions League group stage group for how many years? Mm, mm, yeah, yeah. You know, and and there's some stories there with Tanali going back to Tanali going back to Milan and uh, Alexander Isak going back to Dortmund. So uh, there's uh, it's going to be interesting. And look, fan bases Dortmund and Newcastle. You know, <laughs> it's great. It's just awesome, awesome, brilliant, absolutely brilliant. But you know, Real Madrid are probably favourites along with Manchester City again for the Champions League. <laughs> Did you throw Bayern in there? Yeah, well, Bayern have got a good group, haven't they? They do. Mm, yeah. So they needed Rapalina, I think. They yeah, they did. yeah. And they didn't really get a number six. No, that, that's right. That's true. And we did mention but, Eric Dyer last week, and uh, there was talk about him going to Bayern. He did mention Palinia, but Dyer is um, having a meeting with the chairman, Daniel Levy, to discuss his future, which is really odd after the transfer window shut. Yeah, anyway. look, where's he going now? <laughs> oh, I have no idea. <laughs> I have no idea. Is, yeah. I th- is the Turkey window still open? It might be. It might be, but yeah. anyway. Well, the Saudi window's not open anymore, so he's not going there. That's mm. no, true. It's true, but... Um, There's a whole host of players at Tottenham that have hung around. Yeah. That everyone expected to be out the door, but they've just been un- unable to shift them. And like Tanky and Dombolo was one. I think he's now gone to Turkey, but it took forever for them to shift him. And there's a whole host of players in that same boat. And mm. Hugo Lloris still hasn't found a new club, as far as I know. Yeah, no, I agree with you there. I think, look, Postacoglu has done a hell of a job, though, so far. But um, Oh, yeah, he's up for manager of the month. Yeah, yeah, and uh, entertaining game against Burnley the other day. So mm-hmm. I'll tell yeah. you what, Spurs from last season, they lose last week. Oh, yeah, I agree. 100% they lose. I agree. But um, the result for mine was uh, Real Madrid being Hitafe at the new Bernabeu. Yes, and they put some new footage out of the wonderful stadium and the pitch, the full retraction process. Great, it looks yeah. fantastic. It oh, does. That's awesome. And yes, I think when it comes to uh, Hatafe, I think pretty much everyone is a fan of whoever Hatafe are playing now. Yeah. <laughs> and we'll just leave it at that. <laughs> we'll leave it at that. And if you don't know what we're talking about, well, that doesn't matter. I mean, you it's, probably just matter. have to Google Hatafe, to be honest. Yeah, that's it'll, right. it'll come up. Yeah. Yeah, I think we'll just leave it at that. I mean, they were already unpopular, but... Well, for you anyway. <laughs> no, but not now, just for me. Now like, everyone so. hates a Tafe. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, they're just on the outskirts of Madrid, so they're not quite Madrid, but they're not, you know... Mm. It's not quite a derby, but it is. But anyway, I'd rather Raya Vallecano than Hatafe, but yeah, there you go. What but, else got you yes. on, my friend? Um, I've got a couple of stories in front of me here. Go for it. Ones that... Uh, Hang on, you prepped? You've got stories? What's the matter with you? <laughs> Just a couple of things that uh, I saw it a few days ago. I was like, oh, yeah, that's interesting. I'll bring that up. Mm-hmm. Um, the first one yeah. is completely unrelated, completely changing tact. Mm-hmm. It's uh, Colombia. They've sacked Nelson Abadia, the women's that's manager. Really? Mm. So making a World Cup semifinal, quarterfinal, and now Mr. Abadia is out of a job. Was it because he was suspended for the first two games? Was he a bit of a hothead or what do we put that I down I think to? it's footballing reasons. Huh. Interesting. It seems to be the word that they didn't like the style or the tactics, things of that nature. Seems to be the word. I don't know. I thought they had a good good Women's World Cup. What did you think? Yeah, I mean, they were the big surprise packet getting yeah, as far as they did. Last yeah. eight is an amazing achievement. Mm. Yeah, no, I agree with you. But um, he's, not, he's not the only women's coach that was sacked. Go on. What are you, Vilda? Indeed. Indeed. Mm. Some would say, what, 14 months too late? 
longer, perhaps? Um, perhaps, but look, he's a successful, he's a World Cup winning coach. That he is. Nobody that can is. take that away from him. Perspective, nope. you know, of how maligned he is. Mm-hmm. But I suspect he won't have much trouble finding a job somewhere though, along the lines. Oh, I don't think so either. And uh, for some of those players who, well, for many of the players who wanted him gone, I think a sacking now is a, a resolution to their beef that they've had with him and the Federation for some time. And mm. now it's a complete set that the coaching staff have all departed their roles. Mm. And from the perspective of the players, it beats a new four-year deal on, what, half a million a week? <laughs> oh, <laughs> well, half a million a year, I should say. Okay. See, all right. Let's just, just flesh this out for a second, right? Chairman offers you in public... Right, a matter of public record, whatever the amount was. For a we all saw it. We, everyone saw it. Wouldn't you stand up then and there and go, yes. <laughs> it's Where a do verbal, I sign? It's a verbal contract. Give me the contract right now. Oh, dear, oh, dear. I wonder, like, because you're speaking legally, there's an offer there. Like, it's probably something similar to uh, Mr. Musk and buying Twitter. That It was a bit of a joke <laughs> offer. But... Yeah, maybe. It, it was uh, made to be binding. I think I think the Spanish legal system is a little bit different to the English-based Commonwealth, you know, precedent, uh, you know, the, the law of torts and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, I think perhaps if it happened in Australia or America, then oh, yeah. Jorge Vilda could sue the Federation for, yeah. what, two million euros? Possible, yeah. yeah. But this is not a football law show. <laughs> law and order. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> They're like the theme playing there for yep. a second. Uh, that might be the name of the podcast. <laughs> Law and Order. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah. Last week's was a belter, wasn't it? Yes, yes, it was. <laughs> <laughs> I'm still laughing about that now, actually. Uh, sorry, I don't know where this laugh cough is coming up from, but yeah, seriously, that was very, very good. And um, I don't think we need to spell it out, do we? <laughs> <laughs> uh, if you listen to the pod, you'll know what we're talking about. Exactly, exactly. So, uh, Sergio Ramos. Yes. Back to Sevilla. This is a, a feel-good story coming out of Spanish football. It is, it is. Especially... Uh, been a bit rare lately. Yeah, especially with the, you know, being really his boyhood club and uh, his grandfather and uh, father having a uh, ties to the club and, yeah, um, Sergio Ramos actually being moved to tears which is something that has not been seen before. No, and he said that he had the offer to stay in Paris or move to Saudi Arabia, among others, but he's gone back to his boil club. And yes, I'm sure he's on a decent pay packet at Sevilla. He's not going to be working for nothing, but it's a great thing about football that you can go back to your boyhood club and finish your career where you want to. Mm. And also in his signing press conference, he also commented on the Federation, which was... Good to see. Correct. And yeah, Sergio Ramos, a uh, maligned figure when he was at Real Madrid. I loved at him. At times. Loved him. He's one of those players where you love him when he plays for <laughs> and you hate him when he doesn't. <laughs> uh, <laughs> one of them. Yeah, exactly right. The goals that he scored for Madrid, awesome. Awesome. But yes. Um, yeah. So this fan- is a great story. Yeah, fantastic defender. And and look, there's the um, there's another dimension to the return as well, where him and uh, Jesus Navas had come up through the ranks at Sevilla with another player who's no longer around, unfortunately. He's no longer with us. And um, he did kind of make a emotional promise to say that he would return back to Sevilla. So uh, in his memory, so obviously a lot of emotion around this decision and uh, all the best to him. Very much so. Very much so. And after last season, Sevilla needs some help. And they've got some. 
mm-hmm. but I've got some he's a great player nonetheless but um yeah yeah so I have to say international week is always a bit on the slow side mm, it's a bit quieter yes but there are a couple of stories that are doing the rounds or a couple of things that are worth having a chat on yeah you got something for me I do have something for you I do have something for you so Leone or Leon Olympic Leone 4-1 lost to PSG last weekend, and this club has fallen, right? It is an absolute disgrace with what's happening in this club. So Laurent Blanc, former French great, is there. And I know the ownership. Apparently, there's a bit of controversy with the ownership of this club as well now, right? So I think we even talked about it. Yeah, we may have, right? But um, the fans actually put up a sign. So the well, not the ultras, but the not only the ultras, but the supporters actually held up banners saying, you don't have the right to tarnish the club. Others before you have worn the jersey and glorified it. Right? That's a, uh, that's a pretty succinct message, I think. Pretty much. <laughs> it doesn't get more blatant than that. And I don't know where Leon go because this was a club. We know they're successful now in the women's game, but in the men's game, they were one of the biggest clubs in French football. What, a decade ago? Two now? Where they won, what was it, seven league titles in a row? Mm-hmm. And... Yes, I know PSG are PSG, and the money they've invested, they're always going to rise at the top. But to see Leon go almost in the complete opposite direction, where it's just, yeah, a sad story, really. And I saw something this week that Graham Potter was being sounded out as a, a new manager appointment, and uh, he's knocked them back. Yeah, yeah. You know, this club was consistently in the quarterfinals of the Champions League not so long ago, and now they've just appeared to be a shambles, unfortunately. Yeah, and there's many other French clubs that are in a similar boat where it comes to the story you may recall last year regarding their TV rights, how that was all falling apart and some other clubs that are facing their own sort of sports administration issues. It seems like French football is in a little bit of a, a mire at the moment. They've been overtaken by the Eredivisius at the moment in the coefficients. They have been behind Portugal as well recently. It seems like the league as a whole is on a bit of a decline and everyone talks about top five European leagues. What was it? Oh, I saw something as well. Someone noted. It was something along the lines of, if you look at the coefficients, the gaps between the Premier League and Ligue 1 is bigger than Ligue 1 to some other league in the European continent that was... Which country was it? Mm. I don't remember. I don't remember. But it wasn't a stat that made French football look any good. I'll say that. that. That's fair enough. That's fair enough. And yeah... It's just sad to see. It's just sad to see a, a really good, you know, what was a good club and is a strong club in, in the women's game, you know, being this predicament. But um, I'm not quite finished with the Dutch national team yet. Oh, no, you're not? Okay. No, cool. because this uh, this came out and I wanted to speak to you about it. Oh, Louis I Van... know what this is. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Louis van Gaal is claiming that the Argentinian win of the World Cup trophy was premeditated. <laughs> Thoughts? That's just outrageous. I mean, it is. And Lou van Gaal's got a bit of a history for sour grapes. You can probably extend that to the majority of Dutch people, to be honest. <laughs> 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 um, but look, if it was a premeditated win for Argentina at this tournament, why would they give France two penalties in the final? That's pretty sound evidence to the contrary, I think. Just to make it look like it wasn't premeditated. Oh, yeah, of course. <laughs> <laughs> Giving France two goals. Yeah, okay. Decent cover-up, I suppose. <laughs> uh, but look, 
it's always been tongue-in-cheek about that tournament that Messi had some sort of plot armor. There was something. He always got the final pass or there was something involving him in every step of the way. And it was like we're watching yeah. a movie. It's called Destiny. Yeah, sure. Destiny, oh, come plot on. armor. <laughs> it's called Destiny. But that's a great segue. It is. It is. Bit of talk about Messi and showing up the MLS. Mm. What do you think? I don't think he's playing in the MLS playoffs. So I think Inter Miami are too far back. So it's a little bit of uh, a show before the end of the season. And we can enjoy Messi's performances in the League's Cup and MLS for the time being. Just enjoy it because uh, next season is going to be a different thing altogether. Which one was it? It was last weekend, the pass. You know the one I'm talking about. Against LAFC. Yeah, yeah, I think it was. Yeah, against and he LA. picked out uh, yeah. one of the other Inter players, and no one in the stadium, let alone on the pitch, no one else would have seen that pass. No, no, that's right. Only something Messi can see. And Giorgio Collini turned around and said, "This Inter Miami side with Messi and Bush scared my you. <laughs> and Jordi and Jordi Alba. <laughs> I mean, come on, <laughs> uh, you know." They're absolutely ripping it apart. So uh, it's a long way up to the finals, to the playoffs. Uh, I don't think they make it. I think it's they too probably far have back. to win every game. Yeah, look, they probably will, but I think they're just too far back. I think they might be one game short. Mm. I think but they I dropped think... two points the other oh, day. Phil Neville made an absolute mess of it, but anyway, <sighs> yeah, never mind. Phil Neville being the face of your club to lead on Messi, it's a bit of an upgrade. <laughs> I hear Phil Neville is in contention for the Canada national men's team job oh, because surely not. Can, yes, because um, the previous coach who decided to really piss off the Croatians during the last World Cup and they got mm-hmm. hammered um, has walked out. He's walked away. So what? Phil Neville must be cheap because they don't have much money. Canada soccer. Yeah. <laughs> I mean. You got to be scraping towards the bottom. Look, you're just salty on anyone that's associated with Manchester United, and I don't blame you. But anyway, <laughs> it's not even that. I mean, you can make the joke, sure. No, that's but, right. Look, but this is Manchester Phil- United. All right, let's go. <laughs> well, it's all about Phil, not Gary. They both sound the same. Do you mind? I'm, I'm, don't be so fucking. You know. Anyway, that explosion that he did. But anyway, and then he apologizes for exploding. Yeah, like he didn't mean it. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, Phil Neville. Surely you got better options on the table. Mm. And Phil Neville, yes, he did all right in the women's game, which he did. And we can't hold that against him, sure. But in the men's game, what's he achieved? Not a whole lot. And look, maybe it's a fresh start. Maybe he might be able to go and do something with Canada Soccer. Who knows? But uh, Things don't look good look, for the co-hosts uh, of the next World, Men's World Cup. No, no, they don't. No, they do not. And I think as it stands right now, it looks like, US is in the best position out of the three national teams. Yeah, I agree with you there. Tell you what, which would you rather go and watch next year? Would you rather go and watch Copa America in the United States with mm. the CONCACAF nations or the Euro? It's the Euro every time. Do you know, disagree? I'm torn, I'm torn because I think the Copa America in the US with Mexico and the United States and Canada, and I can't remember the other CONCACAF nation. I mean, you know, with four groups of four, I think that's a really, really good tournament. I think that should be the Copa America permanently. They yeah, should combine it all together. Yes. <laughs> it brings it upon itself. But yeah, no, there okay. it is. <laughs> look, the Gold Cup is a joke. And look, we should mention that you know, and we forgot to mention that the Euro qualifiers can be seen on Optus Sport, even though they're not a sponsor. <laughs> 
<laughs> and the Euro 2024, we'll be seen on there too. We're manifesting. We're manifesting. <laughs> but I agree. The CONCACAF um gold cup is a bit of a joke. And they've got it a is a joke, but... and they've got a nations league as well, CONCACAF. Yeah, which all the teams take more seriously than the Gold Cup. It's like the reverse of Europe. I don't know if I watch the, the Nations and... League is a bit of a joke. Yeah. And everyone cares about the Euros and Euros qualifying. Yeah. In CONCACAF, it's a reverse. Do you want to watch... America send their B team to the Gold Cup? Yeah, but do you want to watch St. Kitts and Nevis versus the Caicos Islands? If you're giving me the option of Jamaica versus St. Kitts and Nevis or what you say the Turks and Caicos Islands against St. Kitts and Nevis, I'd probably yes. rather watch the latter because it'd be yeah. a closer game. It'd be more entertaining. Look, the answer is neither, but I don't know. I like the idea of a Nations League teams playing teams at their level because nobody wants to see USA 10, Turks and Caicos nil. Mm. Do you think it would work in Asia in the probably. AFC? I think, it's a, I think, I think it would be a good idea in the AFC. Mm, I think so. And I think there's more benefit for the sides further down the pyramid playing teams of their quality that really you you don't often see that much in the current format. There's a lot more to be gained on that sort of style of game than there would be, I don't know, just picking a country out of the hat, say Bangladesh playing Australia or Japan or South Korea. They don't get a, they don't get a whole lot out of that. Whereas playing a team around about their ranking, they might win a game, which surely that's a lot better. Anything where you get competitive matches at international levels better than just drubbings every time. Mm, okay. And often with the qualifiers in Asia, it's first or first and some seconds that go through to the next round in a six-team group. Like, what's the point of fighting for fourth? Like, you don't get much out of it, at least in a Nations League format. A, you're playing teams at your level, and B, you might actually go and win something, which is the group or the division. And there's more progress there, I think. It's easier to see progress. I like the Nations League. It's a bit yeah. confusing. It's a bit convoluted. No, listen, doesn't it, it, it took me? It took me about five goes reading the okay. the explainer to get my head around it when they first brought it in. But now that's been around for some time now. It, it's probably because you were reading it at four a.m. in the morning because you're a bit of a night. Probably, owl, right? Yeah. But yes. <laughs> I was also reading it in Greek. <laughs> <laughs> now, now, now. There's no need to be like that, right? <laughs> Seriously. But um, Nathan, we haven't had anything that we've disagreed on. During this episode, have you got something that we can disagree on? No, I don't know. I think I might just take it easy on you tonight, unless you've um, got something that you know. I know um, it's been a big week. It has been a big week. It has. It has. It has. Yeah. So we can rattle off some Australian football stories if you like. We can go for it. Maybe find something in there, and we'll start with the the one that I asked Michael Valkanis about. Craig Goodwin mm. leaving Adelaide United. Mm. This is something that broke from the Saudi side earlier today. And it popped up on transfer marked as a done deal before any sort of rumor was going around in in these circles. Right, you mean Fabrizio Romano didn't say, "Here we go." <laughs> oh, I think Craig Goodwin to Saudi Arabia might be a little bit below his station, unfortunately. I don't know. The guy knows everything. I tell you. <laughs> he does. He does. <laughs> he claims that every tweet that he puts out on his account is actually him pressing tweet. Well, it's true. And he sleeps what like two hours a night or something. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. I did hear him on another podcast and he said exactly that. But there was mm. actually, it was quite funny, actually. I saw a, um, uh, something from a Japanese player, I can't remember the name of the player, who was uh, being linked with a move to Trabzonspor in Turkey. And he, and the player responded and said, geez, this guy is good. My wife didn't even know about Trabzonspor and it's true. <laughs> <laughs> So there you go. Oh, very good. Yes, there you go. There you go. But yeah, Craig Goodman to Saudi Arabia. I think it's a good move for him and good luck to him. Um, you know, hopefully, you know, it's uh, a good payday for him. He's got to do that. I, mean, you know, I don't begrudge anyone making money. The talk is he didn't want to go, though. 
Oh, really? And Adelaide sold him. Oh, but he must have gone for the right money, surely. Well, he wouldn't apparently, be like, he, well, <clears throat> the full story is, is that he wanted a three-year deal at Adelaide mm-hmm. so he can retire playing for Adelaide United. They've given him two. They offered him two. Mm. It broke down. And since Adelaide have accepted an offer from Saudi Arabia for 800 to a million dollars, something in that ballpark, and Craig Goodwin is sort of reluctantly going over there and departing Australian shores once more after mm. a, a previous spell in Saudi Arabia that he didn't really enjoy. Yes, <sighs> the rumor is he's on two and a half million dollars a week. Sorry, two and a half million dollars a season. I made that mistake again. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure he'd like it to be two and a half million a week. <laughs> but uh, yeah, apparently he wanted to stay in Adelaide. Mm. Uh, don't know what to make of that then, given what you've just said. If that's the case, I feel for him. But I'm I'm hoping that he's been that he's happy with the deal that he's paid. Because ultimately, look, a, like a club needs yes, a club will sell the rights for the registration of that player. However, the club, the club, the buying club needs to come to personal terms with the player as well. Yeah. Right? And so any transfer deal is contingent upon those terms being agreed upon. So with that basis, um, well, then he does want to go. Yeah, I think, of course, he's not going to go if he doesn't want to go. Mm. But I think it's a little bit with some sort of reluctance. Right. And that he would rather have stayed in Adelaide. Sure, sure. Who's comfortable and- here as well. Family. Maybe yeah. we'll see him again playing for Adelaide. Who knows? He's 32, I believe now. Okay. There's Jeez. still time for him to go to Saudi Arabia and come back. Yeah. I didn't realise he's been around that long. He's, he's a great player. And he seems to be getting better with age, to be fair. Yeah. And also, just from an A-League perspective, he was probably the biggest Australian face in the league, mm. given what he did in the Socceroos shirt back in November, December. Yeah. Maybe yeah. Jamie McLaren can hold a candle and attest to that claim. But... Very good one is right up there with the best Australian players in Australia. Mm. And I think it's a loss for the league, having someone that is pre- is somewhat close to a household name playing mm. on these shores. Yeah, I can't disagree with you there. I can't disagree with you there. Yeah, look. Someone else who seems to be making a move to the Middle East. Go on. It seems as though this has been put out by Ray Gatt on X. Ah, uh, yes. Not Twitter. Yes, yes, I've seen this. X. Yes, Elon. Well done. <laughs> Mate, you should hope that he buys your mob. But anyway. Oh, I don't know if I want that, to be honest. Would you rather that or Qatar? Let's be honest. Oh. Yeah, okay. That's what oh. I thought. All right, let's go. That, that's my Ray thoughts Gat. on that choice. Oh, stop. Ray Gat. let's go. Looks like Danny Townsend, the much maligned Danny Townsend, might be heading off to the Middle East. Might be headed over to the Saudi Pro League. Mm. Yeah, interesting. interesting. I look forward to seeing the final round of the Saudi Pro League taking place in Sydney. <laughs> <laughs> There you go. You got me laughing and coughing again at the same time. Oh, dear. I don't know about that, Nathan. <laughs> I don't think that's going to happen somehow. <laughs> Although, mm. look, you know, hey, the trouble is with the Saudi Pro League, where do you watch it? A good question. I think I saw there's some games on Channel 10. Okay, so that might mean that's on Paramount. I'm going to have to check that out because, look, I'd be fascinated to see it. I mean, I know Jordan Henderson's been maligned, much maligned <laughs> this week. Yeah, he's, yes, he spoke this week. We didn't mention that. Uh, yeah. Um. I don't know what to make of all that situation, I'm sure, you know, because he's in a no-win situation there. The win is don't speak. Yes, you're from the optics. I hate using that word. Yes, optics. Yes, I agree. Don't speak. Look, just if you accept the pay packet and be happy with it and just go, you know look, what, I'm done. Talking Jordan Henderson, this is a guy who was so much in the, on the forefront of uh-huh. rainbow laces and uh-huh. uh, LGBTQI plus 
communities in England and that they have a place in the game and being against some of the things you hear chanted at football grounds. And it would have felt like a real stab in the back, Jordan Henderson moving to Saudi Arabia. Yeah. At that point, look, if you're going to go, don't do media for some time. Don't be yeah. on social media. Don't speak to the press. Because you, as you said, you can't win. You cannot win. Yeah. When yeah. you make that move. Just take the money and yep. uh, and don't try and make it out that it's not about the money. Yeah. Don't try and say that you're doing uh, something look, good. Well, be yeah. honest. It is about the money. It is. Yes, I know. And, and, and you know what? I think it would have been better at best if he had said that at least. He said, look, guys, it, it was too good not to pass up. And, and look, people still can, aren't going to like that. But, no, but that's not People their... can just go, yeah, okay, fair enough. Yeah, okay. I understand that. Yeah. yeah. Um, but don't try and peddle that, oh, no, it's not about the money. Oh, I want to do good in Saudi Arabia. Please. Yeah. Please, spare me. It, it's some. It's a battle he's not going to win, is it? Is it really? So, no. Yeah. But never mind. So what are you looking forward to this weekend? We already mentioned it. The soccer is against Mexico. Okay. Is so that's top your highlight for me this weekend. That's your highlight. Sorry, I didn't mean to talk that over there. We've got I'm having a bit of a delay, so forgive me. Um All good. the Scotland, England, and France, Germany. To be honest, I didn't even know they were on. There you go. That's how much I've been paying attention to the European qualifiers. Well, they're friendlies actually. Are they friendlies? They're not even qualifiers. There you they're go. Even even qualif- they're not even qualifiers. They're friendlies. And they're not even competitive games. Wonderful. <laughs> oh, God. Are you sure you want the Premier League back and La Liga back and Serie A back? And I want sure? the A League back, Lars. <laughs> Once we can watch MacArthur Bulls. But, uh, um... Yes. <laughs> oh, dear. All right. What's the team they're playing in the AFC Cup this season? What is it? Funky Cabbage or something? The Funky Cabbage. That's the one that we're going to go watch together. <laughs> That's the one that we're going to go watch together. I'll come out to Campbelltown for that. <laughs> All the way out to Campbelltown. That's right. That's right. Um, what I are you looking been... forward to, Laz? Well, I don't know. Aside I from won't... what you mentioned. Well, uh, Waratah Cup in New South Wales. I don't like this. I going to say the Waratahs. Like, I was going to no, play no, up. Like, no, Waratah Cup. no, the Waratah Cup in New South Wales. <laughs> I know that um, I, I probably won't get out there to watch it, but I'll, because I do want to watch the soccer rooms. But um, I did want to mention it because it is on. The ladies is on at 12, and uh, Apia are playing the Bullen Tigers. And also um, at three is the men's Sydney United versus Apia at Leichhardt Oval. But also, having said that, MPL Grand Finals in Victoria. Yes, they still have a, a final system. Yes, yes, they do. Mm. And it's uh, Avondale versus South Melbourne. Two clubs vying for the second division. Correct, correct. So maybe this will be a winner takes all. No, they'll both get in. <laughs> That's right. That's right. But uh, yeah. So, and the ladies is on, I believe, tomorrow night in Melbourne. The ladies MPL grand final at the home of the Matildas. Fantastic. Great facility. Mm, mm. Yeah, it looks great. Looks great. Interesting looks... that uh, Melbourne Victory have got access to that this season. Notice that. I mean, Melbourne City have a great facility themselves. Mm. Oh, why not? Yeah, why not? Why not, indeed? Because mm. Melbourne Victory have been a little bit nomadic over the years, mm. and they wanted to build a, a nice facility. In one part of Melbourne, I forget exactly where, mm. which got shot down by the council. Mm. Probably an AFL. In action. Probably an AFL council. Probably. But good that Melbourne Victory have a, a really good training centre for them for this season. And uh, yeah, maybe it'll hold them in good stead, both men's and women's. They need a good season. Melbourne they Victory. do. On and the off league the needs Melbourne Victory to have the, a good season. Yeah. yeah, on and off the park. Um, yeah, we need a strong Melbourne Victory. Um, and hopefully they can make a resurgence. But yeah, it, it will be interesting to see how the APL functions should that rumor from Ragat be true. 
with regards to that Italian moving across the Middle East. I wonder who'll take over. Mm, yeah, yeah. No one particularly comes to mind at the moment, but uh, yeah, it will be interesting uh, to see. Are you expecting a call? <laughs> On that note, Nathan, <laughs> have yourself a good evening. Thanks for being a part of the backpack again. Thanks for all your work. And uh, another great episode of Up Late. Hopefully everyone uh, gets around it and enjoys it and has as much fun listening to it as we had uh, talking about the things that we did talk about tonight. Yes. Thank you, Les. Thank you, listener. Yes, International Parade means it's a little bit slower. There's uh, not as many things to cover off, and we did omit a few stories as well. But in any case, thank you for uh, tuning in. And as Les says, I hope you all enjoyed it, and we'll speak to you next week. Take care.